You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. Today's show, we'll have a lot of football talk for you. In the final segment, I'll get to some basketball as well as two newcomers arrived on campus on Monday afternoon. Tennessee announcing the arrival of two signees in the 2019 class. But before that, in segment number one, I'm going to look back a little bit at Tennessee's football history and uh, basketball note as well here in the first segment. On uh, Monday, we talked about controversial calls in sports on the radio in Knoxville on my show Sports 180. So I thought here in the first segment, I'd keep it to Tennessee. Controversial calls that probably come to mind for you quickly as a Tennessee fan. I'll get to that here in segment number one. In segment number two, I'll get back to the positional breakdowns, post-spring positional breakdowns with Tennessee's football team. Today, I'll talk about the safeties. You'll hear from new defensive coordinator Derek Ansley, who will be coaching those safeties. There's a newcomer to Tennessee's football team who could potentially help there at that position group. And then in the final segment, those newcomers who have arrived, an update on rankings for the 2019 basketball recruiting class, and a former Tennessee baseball player making a big impact at the Major League Baseball level. All of that right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day, five days a week. You can find it on the new Himalaya app, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, the third-party apps, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find Locked on Vols. So as I mentioned a moment ago, on Monday on Sports 180, we were talking about controversial calls in sports, sports history. And that topic came from the Kentucky Derby decision this past Monday. So I started thinking, what about Tennessee? If we just keep it specific to the Vols, uh, you can probably come up with an endless list of controversial calls or decisions within a game that you think might have gone the wrong way. I'm going to keep it to five, and they're going to be more recent, I'd say here in the last two decades, a little more than that, because I'm going to go back to the 1998 season. I have four in football and then one in basketball. I think the one that comes to mind most for Tennessee fans is the 2000 Tennessee-Florida game. Jabbar Gaffney, with 14 seconds left, catches the game-winning touchdown. The ball comes to Gaffney, who has it for just the slightest moment with the ball going to the ground. You can go to YouTube to this day and watch the play. You can watch it at a real speed and then slow motion, and it's difficult, I think, for any Tennessee fan to say that that's a catch. Today, would that be a catch? We could do the is it or is it not a catch game. I would say no. Now, something that does need to be remembered with the play, it occurred on second down, so you would have had two more plays for Florida to try to score a touchdown, but... Tennessee didn't get a chance to get two more stops because Florida was given the touchdown on that play. That was a season that did not lead to anything great. That was kind of a transition year as the Vols had to replace a lot of key players from that championship run in the late 90s. It was Casey Clawson's freshman season, but it's also the Florida game. It was at home. It was at Neyland Stadium, and you never give up a game against Florida. I think that's something that fans would easily agree with. So that on Monday was one that was brought up most often when we were talking Tennessee play specific, the 2000 Jabbar Gaffney catch. And I would say when you remember the official's name, the head official there on that play, when his name is remembered by so many Tennessee fans, Al Matthews, that tells you how controversial it was to Tennessee fans. So number one on the list, I think, 
is Jabbar Gaffney, Florida. The rest, I think, in terms of a ranking are up for debate. So I, I mentioned I have four football plays and then a basketball play. The next football play, the 2000 Music City Bowl with Tennessee and North Carolina. That's a game with a controversial call that comes from late in the game at the end of the fourth quarter, North Carolina rushing its field goal team out onto the field and spiking the ball to stop the clock with too many men on the field. There was one second remaining, and you can actually find online still the ESPN screen grab with Tennessee as the winner, with the final score, Tennessee winning the game. But time was put back on. North Carolina hit a field goal to tie the game and then went on to win in double overtime. And that is a game that is also, I think, controversial for Tennessee fans because after the fact, there was an NCAA rule change that added a 10-second runoff that would be assessed to teams on clock-stopping penalties during the final minute of the game. So a rule change occurred because of what happened in that game which ended up costing Tennessee the win. The joke from that 2010 season is that Tennessee went 2-6 and six in the six games that it lost that season, meaning Tennessee at one point thought it had beaten North Carolina and also LSU earlier in that season. So the North Carolina Music City Bowl, I think, will always be one that's very controversial to Tennessee fans because that situation essentially cost Tennessee the win or at least took it back. Another one that was controversial that I think is kind of forgotten because of the result of the game, but it's the 98 Arkansas game. The play that is so often remembered from that game, of course, is Clint Sterner's fumble. He fumbles the football, Billy Ratliff recovers it, and Tennessee goes on to win the game. But before that occurred, there was actually a big mistake by the officials. Late in the game, Arkansas is punting the football. There was an errant snap with the ball lying on the 10-yard line. The punter, Chris Aiken, decided to kick it out of the end zone. It was ruled a safety, trimming Arkansas's lead to 24-22 with 2.56 remaining. However, with the flag for illegal kicking, the NCAA rule should have allowed Tennessee to be given the option of taking the two-point safety or taking the penalty and getting the ball at the Arkansas 5, half the distance to the goal line. That's the option Tennessee would have chosen because it was down four points. It needed a touchdown. So while it received two points on the safety, it had farther to go down the field. Now, Tennessee could have gotten the ball at the five and not scored a touchdown. So we don't know what would have happened. And what we do know happened is Clint Sterner fumbled the football. Tennessee recovered. Tennessee drove down the field and won. So it all worked out for Tennessee. It's just that there was kind of a forgotten controversial call in that game. And then The fourth football controversial call I'm going to go with here actually helped Tennessee. It was the Syracuse game in 1998. Now, it's probably the right call here. The controversy comes from the late flag. It's on that final drive for Tennessee when the Vols need to go down the field with Jeff Hall ultimately kicking a game-winning field goal for Tennessee. But on fourth and seven at the Vols' 35-yard line, a pass from T. Martin to Cedric Wilson went incomplete. Two officials waved the pass incomplete. Would have been a turnover on down, Syracuse ball, and Syracuse would have won the football game. However, the back judge came in and threw his flag. It was pass interference. Tennessee, of course, went on to win the game. If that flag is not thrown and Tennessee loses the game, there is no perfect season national championship for Tennessee. So while it's probably the right call, it was controversial to Syracuse. Tennessee will say, hey, thanks for the call, right call, 
and move on from there. Syracuse's defensive coordinator said this after the game, as I read from the New York Times, quote, I'm not going to say it was a bad call. I just question why the guy right on the play calls it an incomplete pass, and the guy comes running in from behind with a late flag. The late flag is always considered controversial. And then the final controversial call for this segment, it's more recent. It goes back to the NCAA tournament, Tennessee against Purdue, Lamonte Turner with the foul. I've already given you my opinion on the play at the time. I thought it was the right call. I thought it was extremely unfortunate. I'm glad that that call did not decide the game in regulation. That's what happened with the Virginia-Auburn game in the Final Four. But in the Sweet 16, Tennessee with a chance to win the game. If it gets a stop, it's moving on to the Elite Eight to take on Virginia. Instead, a foul is called on Lamonte Turner and Purdue went to the free throw line. Carson Edwards hit two free throws. You know what happened after that. Purdue won in overtime. So it's more recent, and this past basketball season seemed to possess a lot of controversial calls. And maybe with replay now, we talk about it more often because we see it more often. And you can probably think of a countless number of other controversial calls or decisions that went against Tennessee. If you have some, share them with me, at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter. There were my five here in the first segment of Locked on Vols. Coming up next, I'll get to the Tennessee football team. You'll hear from Derek Ansley, Tennessee's new defensive coordinator, talking about a newcomer who could potentially help Tennessee at the safety position. That's coming up right here on Locked on Vols. And Derek Ansley is a new hire by Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt. That was probably an easy hire for Pruitt, considering he and Ansley have worked together in the past at Alabama. They have a connection. But hiring is not always that easy. It can be challenging. Luckily, there's one place you can go where hiring is made simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Shifting the conversation to Tennessee's football team, the latest position group I want to look at is safety. And it's a really interesting position I think to talk about on Tennessee's football team because there are several players who are competing for playing time and I don't know exactly which way it's going to go. You have a number of young players that are involved. One veteran who will be on the field, who will be starting, who will be playing a lot is Nigel Warrior. I think this is a really important year for him. A lot of the stuff we've said over the last couple of seasons still apply. Now he has more experience. He should have an even better understanding of how to play the position and what is expected in Jeremy Pruitt's defense. Can he make more plays for Tennessee's defense? That is a question, I think, going into this year. Nobody questions Nigel's willingness to go make a tackle, to go find a ball carrier, to hit somebody. There's no doubt about that. Can he make more plays in the passing game? Can he be in the right position every time for Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley? I think that's a question moving forward. 
Then we get to the younger players who are competing for playing time and who are either going to be starting or a part of some kind of rotation in the defensive backfield. You have Trayvon Flowers, who is coming back as a second-year player. Theo Jackson, who is a junior. He's entering his third season in the program. I think those are two players to start the conversation with in terms of battling for a starting spot. Then you have a newcomer like Jalen McCullough. Tyus Fields is another true freshman. I would say McCullough is ahead of Fields. Remember, McCullough had two interceptions in the spring game. And it's going to take more than that. But we know that Jeremy Pruitt is looking for playmakers on defense, guys who can take the football away, and McCullough took it away. It was from Brian Maurer, but he took it away a couple of times, and that's going to stand out to the defensive coaches. Brandon Davis is back there. You have somebody like Malik Gray who can maybe move around to different positions. Sean Schamberger is someone right now who looks like he's probably going to be at corner, but he could play safety. And then there's D'Angelo Gibbs. He's a guy that could help Tennessee at safety. He could play star, that nickel position. Gibbs is someone to watch while we also wait to find out if he will be eligible to play this year because he is a transfer from Georgia. And right now, Tennessee doesn't know if he will be able to play. We also don't know if he will play on offense or defense. He spent the first part of the spring playing wide receiver, and he could be there on offense this fall. So he is a great unknown. He's kind of a wild card, I would say, to the safety or just defensive backfield conversation. This is what Derek Ansley said. Tennessee's defensive coordinator, who also coaches the defensive backs, will spend a lot of time with the safeties. This is what Derek Ansley said about having D'Angelo Gibbs on the defensive side when Ansley met with the media in the spring. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I've known D'Angelo. We call him D'Lo, short for D'Angelo. I've known him since his ninth grade year. Um, He's a very unique talent. And and it's it's hats off to him that he can go out there in first 10 practice and learn our offense, which is very complex from Coach Chaney, and then come over there for the last five and then flip over to play a complex defense. Um, So it's been very, very, you know, a breath of fresh air, so to speak, for the defensive guys, especially the secondary, that he can kind of get in there and and fill in right now and not miss a bump as far as learning curve. But he's ultra competitive, got great ball skills. He's got a unique skill set because he's a bigger man. Um, so we're, we're very thrilled to have him over there. And I'm sure Coach Poole to figure out where he's going to kind of, you know, land in the fall, you know, throughout the summer. And then we're going to make the best decision for the team and for him. So as Derek Hansley is alluding to there, and I mentioned, let's see what position he plays and let's see if D'Angelo Gibbs is eligible to play. Of course, Tennessee would love to have him. Tennessee would love to work him into the competition. I, I would say that Gibbs is on the field somewhere for Tennessee if he is granted immediate eligibility. That question just continues to remain let's also see somebody like Aaron Beasley when he comes in this fall is he someone who could help Tennessee there have been some questions about what position Beasley would play but Jeremy Pruitt said back in February that safety is where he would start out and I think a lot of that is creating as much competition as possible there are a number of players who could you know really help right away this fall newcomers guys who have already been here as well but nobody has really emerged to show that he deserves to be a starter for sure. Theo Jackson has shown signs that he can play at a high level. Trayvon Flowers, again, is a guy that the staff really likes. He's a big-time athlete, didn't play that much football in high school, but was evaluated by Jeremy Pruitt and was a part of his first class. Tennessee beat out Clemson for Trayvon Flowers, which tells you something about how he is seen and what his potential was considered to be coming out of high school. And then Jalen McCullough, I think, is a guy to absolutely pay attention to. He looks the part. He's a guy that was very highly touted in high school, was a high school All-American. And when a guy like that shows up 
for a spring semester, the spring semester of his senior year in high school, and he looks the part. He looks like a guy that belongs in the SEC. In the limited time that we get to see him, he makes some plays. Well, he's going to be on the radar for sure. So is he a starter day one? I can't say that, but he's a guy that's going to compete from day one. Actually, it would be day number 16 because he has 15 practices under his belt, which will only help McCullough with him having a chance to go through winter, spring, and summer workouts plus spring practice before fall camp begins in August. Guys can move around. Tyus Fields could be a corner, could be at safety. Versatility is something that I think this staff looks for in the defensive backfield, really with any position group, but I think it especially applies here considering what they want to do and how they sometimes need to move players around because of injury. They have to account for what could occur in the future as well, but finding someone who can line up next to Nigel Warrior is no doubt a big priority, and getting Nigel to play at a high level, that's something that would count as well because he's a guy that arrived so highly touted and yeah, I think he probably got to Tennessee thinking maybe he could be a three-year and done guy. And it did not work out that way. But last week, we heard Chris Rump talking about Daryl Taylor. It's a money year. His last chance to show the NFL what he can do. Same thing applies for Nigel Warrior. And if he has a big year, Nigel could benefit from it heading into the NFL. And Tennessee would benefit, no doubt, if he has a big senior year. That's something Tennessee would love to sell on the recruiting trail as well. Nigel and D'Angelo Gibbs, by the way, are cousins. They'd probably like to play on the same side of the ball together back there in the defensive backfield. So the safety position, something to look at, and competition back there will absolutely be one of the defensive storylines heading into fall camp in August. Coming up in a moment, we will head into the final segment of Locked on Falls today. Some notes for you on some Tennessee basketball newcomers who arrived on campus on Monday. Also, where they rank in the final 247 sports Composite ranking. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day. If you do have time to rate and review the show, please do so on iTunes. The uh, ratings and reviews can really be a big help. And thanks to everybody who has done that so far. Five-star reviews are always appreciated, of course. And remember, you can listen to Locked on Vols on your smartphone. When you get in your car, I think it's perfect for the daily commute. All you have to do is tell your smartphone to play podcast Locked on V-O-L-S. So two of Tennessee's three signees in the 2019 class arrived on campus on Monday. Tennessee posted a video on its Vol Hoops Twitter account showing Josiah James and Devontae Gaines arriving on campus. And the video, of course, is just a quick promotion, shows them getting on campus, getting into the dorm. The bigger item is that, hey, they're on campus. It's May 7th, uh, the day of this podcast coming out at least. And they're on campus. They'll be able to go through everything this summer from workouts to summer school before they get ready for the start this fall. Devontae Gaines is a guy that looks like he needs to add some weight. James is a guy that I think is going to be an immediate contributor and uh, playing a big role for Tennessee. That's going to be whether Grant Williams and or Jordan Bone come back or not. James is just too talented to be sitting on the bench. And I, I think there's a good chance he's a starter right away for Tennessee's basketball team. The 247 Sports basketball rankings for the 2019 class were finalized on Monday as well. Josiah James finished as the number 28 overall player in the top 247. He's easily the highest ranked player on Tennessee's basketball team that has been signed 
by Rick Barnes at any time since he arrived on campus at Tennessee. DJ Burns was pretty well thought of. He's a guy that reclassified, and that probably affected his ranking. But easily, James is the highest-ranked player that Tennessee will have had when he begins play this upcoming fall. Devontae Gaines jumped up 52 spots to settle in at number 172 overall as I look at the list from 247 Sports. And uh, according to the story from Grant Ramey, Drew Pember of Bearden dropped one spot to number 170 overall. So the three signees so far for Tennessee, Josiah James is number 28 overall in the class. Drew Pember is number 170. And then Devontae Gaines is number 172. Tennessee is also hoping that this is not the end of the 2019 class, and I'm sure it will not be. On Thursday, point guard Jalen Cohn is going to announce his decision. He is ranked number 175 overall in the 2019 class. Remember, he is reclassifying from 2020 to 2019. So Cohn is going to announce his decision on Thursday. Tennessee is one of six finalists. Virginia Tech's absolutely a school to pay attention to there. You also have Texas A&M, Boston College, NC State, and Wake Forest. There was a power forward who's ranked number 153 overall in the class. He actually moved up 200 spots in the ranking who visited Tennessee this past weekend. Tennessee's going to continue to explore the grad transfer market and any other prospects who might be out there. And recruiting is in full swing for 2020 as well. Corey Walker is a small forward prospect from down in Florida who is committed to Tennessee. He is a four- or five-star prospect, depending on where you look. 247 Sports ranking has him as the number 22 overall player in the 2020 class, so he would be ranked higher than Josiah James if that number were to stick. In the composite ranking, Corey Walker is ranked number 29 in the country, so right about where Josiah James is when you look at that ranking the story or the summary there would be that Tennessee's recruiting is clearly at a higher level because there are other very highly touted players in the 2020 class strongly considering Tennessee as well. The foundation laid by Grant Williams, Jordan Bone, Jordan Bowden, uh, Admiral Schofield, of course, those players put Tennessee in a position to go out and recruit much more highly touted players 2019, 2020, and beyond. And before I wrap up today's show, How about Nick Senzel? He made his Major League Baseball debut with the Cincinnati Reds on Friday. Senzel was a top five draft pick by the Reds a few years ago out of Tennessee. He went to Farragut High School, then went to UT and starred for the Vols for three years and is one of the top overall prospects in all of Major League Baseball. He had an injury that ended his season early last year. Otherwise, he probably would have made his Major League debut last year. But he made his debut this past Friday, played this weekend, hit a home run over the weekend, and then on Monday, he hit two home runs, including a leadoff shot for the Cincinnati Reds. So after completing his first weekend in Major League Baseball, Nick Senzel left the series against the San Francisco Giants with three home runs. Quite a start for Nick Senzel, and I think it's safe to say he is not close to being finished. That should be a fun career to follow. Congrats to Nick Senzel on a great start to his Major League career with the Cincinnati Reds this past weekend. That is going to do it for Locked On Vols. Thanks so much for being here. Again, if you have time to rate and review the show, please do so. Thanks to everybody who has done that already. Keep spreading the word, telling Tennessee fans about the daily Tennessee podcast, Locked On Vols. I appreciate you being here, and I'll see you again tomorrow.